Uh, in bad news, though, Operation Choke Point promises to take crypto bankless, but in the bearish way, uh, perhaps crypto's biggest regulatory threat ever. Bankless Nation, it is the second Friday of February. David, what time is it? Ryan, it's the Friday Bankless Weekly Rollup, where we cover the entire weekly news in crypto, which is always an ambitious endeavor, especially this week. An insane amount of shipping, uh, some extra large FUD, and we're going to cover it all on this rollup here and now with, of course, coffee. Coffee, coffee as always. Yep, yeah. in my ember mug, too. So it's, uh, yep. it's nice and piping hot. Yep. David, you are back. And uh, your voice still hasn't fully recovered, although it's better than it was yesterday. So, like, how many days of recovery and, and what, what happened to you? Yeah, my voice is slowly coming back after going to the Starkware sessions in Tel Aviv, Israel, and doing nine interviews, which the Bankless Nation will notice that the first four of is on their podcast feed. So you can go ahead and listen to those. If you, like, if you just can't make it out to conferences, don't worry, because Bankless has your back. I bring out an entire podcast studio with me, including three microphones, and I in- interview everyone who's founder, builder, developer of that particular ecosystem. This conference in choice was uh, the StarkNet world, uh, and sometimes I put my voice on the line, too, to get that done, and that's why you're going to be hearing a little bit raspy of a voice on this weekly roll-up this week. Big, big sacrifices to make this happen. Uh, mm-hmm. m- many Gothams died for this uh, information, <laughs> a little Star Wars reference for you. Um, David, I always thought you were just going to the conferences for me, man, but I guess it is about the listeners too. <laughs> I Seriously, I appreciate that. That's one of the great things about, um, people don't know the, the partnership between David and myself. It's just like a yin-yang type thing mm-hmm. where he does all sorts of stuff that I'm like, ah, I don't want to go to a conference. David's mm-hmm. like, I absolutely want to go to all the conferences. Yeah. And so it's a really good fit. And David's like, uh, I don't want to do accounting and bookkeeping and that sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, that's fine for me. I enjoy it in a weird way. Oh, so weird. <laughs> that's Very what weird. makes this partnership work. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Also, just like the, the disposition of who I am at a conference is like, I just want to talk with as many people as possible. But I also hate small talk and receiving pitches. And so in order to defend myself from getting pitched by everyone all the time, I schedule out interviews, longer form <laughs> interviews. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you I'm busy. Talks, I'm interviewing people. But not the small talk. Yeah, I'm not, like that too. Yeah. You know what's mm-hmm. funny is um, I know you've characterized yourself as an introvert. But I think Once if somebody met did, you yeah. at a uh, conference, I don't think they'd see an introvert. Yeah, everyone is surprised. Like I say, oh, yeah, I'm kind of introverted. And everyone's like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> and, and actually, I, I have had to actually rethink that. Since yeah, because there are true that. introverts that just really there, don't. Yeah, there are people who are more introverted than me. Talk. But also, like, coming into crypto, I have discovered that it has created uh, a more extroverted, outgoing person in me. That is uh, something I've noticed. Look, uh, it come for the money, but stay for the personality improvement or the, the psychological sorry, yeah. changes, the which psychological also happens change. to be the subject of my talk at Shelling Point in Denver. What? If you want to talk about the way that permissionless self-sovereign protocols change the psychological disposition of the societies that organize around them. If that talk Here's interests that. you, definitely go to Shelling Point. David's uh, been waiting Denver. years to apply a psych degree yes. to uh, crypto and then the Finally. moment has come. Six to, years, six years in the making. This is great. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's it's super unlike Bankless to shill its own content on the show. Never. But you can you can tell we got a lot of hot content mm. coming at you, David. And I've been looking at our podcast schedule too. I mean, we're recording three podcasts over the next like three days, three yeah. working days yeah. with some real big names. Um, oh my god, I, there's the I think it's some of the hottest content lined up over the next yeah. like ten days that I think Eric Howell. Yeah. This is uh, in crypto ethics. We're talking about mm-hmm. that. Uh, Eliezer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
AI Bigger Brain. We're talking about AI. We're this and this isn't just bankless following the AI trend. This is yeah. This is not about AI tokens. <laughs> this is not about AI. Tokens. This is really AI. I mean, real this AI. guy's like a big brain. I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible. That he's these choosing to come on, and then Annie Jacobson. Oh my god, uh, it's coming. So at excited too. for the Annie Jacobson. And episode. she's going to. Can tell I take us, a moment to shill it really quick? Well, okay, but he, here's my uh, take on it. She's going to tell us if we have to hide from our government if the government is coming right. after people in crypto, right? Not, I wouldn't say that that's the most accurate way of the theme of the content. The the Annie Jacobson content, Annie Jacobson is an author who does not really know much or care about crypto and doesn't need to in order to talk about what we're going to talk about. She's written books uh, like uh, The Pentagon's Brain, which is an exploration into how the Pentagon thinks and how it's organized. And this subject matter is... Uh, there have been, there are many intelligence agencies in the United States uh, that, you know, the CIA, the Pentagon, etc. And there also, throughout history, has been a number of countercultural dissident movements. And there have been ways that these intelligence agencies have engaged with these countercultural dissident movements. Infiltrated. Infiltrated, yes, perhaps is the correct word. Uh. Uh, and so while Annie doesn't have any specific knowledge about how the CIA might have been chosen to engage with crypto, the idea is that we, we can talk about all of the different strategies that they have infiltrated other movements. And it's up to the listener to connect the dots and extrapolate this into how uh, how, you know, because the CIA might have infiltrated, uh, you know, the, the, the crypto world. The question is how well do you really know your crypto your friends, yeah. podcast co-host? Like how well <laughs> do you really know that person? That's a question I intend to ask Annie. Okay. Well, Should so I like the, the, I'll, I'll jump to the conclusion of that episode. There are, we it, don't know it, the conclusion yet. Well, we the, the, the punchline, I'm pretty sure. Well, okay, okay, so Annie Jacobson spoke at the A16Z Founder Summit, which is a retreat, which is how she came onto my radar. And the, the conclusion is like, yo, if you are in the social networks of crypto, the VC networks, the, uh, the media networks, the likelihood that someone is a plant is like, that's looking back throughout history as how this has happened throughout other uh, dissident movements is likely. And so like I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I moved to New York to be a part of the crypto socialite crew. I have the, one of the most extensive media networks in all of crypto. Chances are, you know, somebody CIA, the CIA really wants to be my friend. <laughs> well, maybe they probably already are then. Yes. And if they've wanted and it, then there's they are. someone who's my friend who I was probably have already invited over to my apartment who's probably listening to this and is like, Oh fuck! They're onto me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. Paranoia increases 10x. You guys appreciate that? That was like a whole eight minutes of shilling bankless content. Yeah. I'm sorry. We got to get to the the roll okay. up content today. Roll-up all right? Mm-hmm. Is Biden Operation Choke Choke Point? This Operation Choke Point we're going to talk about is it coming to kill crypto? We'll talk about that. What else we got, David? DCG and Gemini hug it out. Maybe we'll get some of Happy our money ending? back. Uh, perhaps a successful resolution. And so if you have money and Gemini earned, stay tuned to find out how much money that you may get in return. And also, Ryan, you've noticed this. I've noticed this. It is absolutely ship season. So many teams have shipped very cool things, very big updates in the last recent week. So we're going to cover it all. Fundamentals are up big. Also, A16Z is a DeFi governance cartel. The manhunt for Doquan. NFTs on Bitcoin continue their exponential growth. ARK's audacious Bitcoin price targets. This rollup is absolutely jam-packed. I'm really excited for this one. So stay tuned for this all. You know what else I'm really excited about is uh, more tools to help us learn about crypto and go bankless. Here's one of the best tools I have seen this year. It's called MetaMask Learn. You're mm-hmm. seeing on the screen, it says, welcome to MetaMask Learn. This is like 
courseware to help you learn crypto. You can click here, you could say start course, and you can get on the journey. Lesson one, what is Web3? Maybe you're, you're skipping all the early Bankless podcasts mm-hmm. and you want a quick recap. This is a great way to do it. David, what else is in this uh, courseware in this MetaMask Learn app? Well, you'll also be given an interactive and engaging way to learn how to open up a MetaMask wallet. So if you're, you know, family and or non-crypto friends are curious, this is a place for you to send them. They MetaMask obviously teaches you how to set up MetaMask and what what's going on when you write down these 24 words, uh, but also just has some very uh, important DeFi paradigms like digital identity, what self-custody is and why it's amazing, NFTs and creators, decentralized finance. So if you want to onboard yourself or not have to onboard your friends, you can send them to learn.metamask.io. Really cool. This is really the next step to go, go bankless. Step one yep. is you open up your crypto account. Your what? <laughs> Step one is you open up your your Kraken account and you deposit some funds. You transfer that to Fiat and then you open up a MetaMask wallet. That's step two. Uh, all right, David, let's get to markets. I think we got some happy news this week. Yet again, it's it's only happy news. What is Bitcoin no, doing on the no, week? It's, it's not happy, Ryan. I don't know what you're talking about. It's uh, we're down five point four percent in Bitcoin. <laughs> where price. have I been? Yeah, where have you been? Nice. <laughs> Wait, try, was brother. yesterday happy? Uh, no, it's been it's been. I mean, it's not been like super sad, but it's been a down week. We started the week at twenty three thousand eight hundred dollars. So embarrassing, guys. Down. David puts these numbers in before the roll up, and clearly, <laughs> I don't even read them. And I am uh, so zen this year. I'm not even checking prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, big, Ryan, only being down five point four percent is apparently not down enough to be on Ryan Ryan's radar. <laughs> Uh, Bitcoin currently coming in at $22,500. Oh, sad. Sorry for that. I wrecked you guys. How about ETH? Is that down too, David? Don't less, tell me. Less down, but still down. Yeah. Starting the week at 1675, uh, 1675, down 3.2% to 1620. Um, yeah. So down, down on the week, uh, not overly bad, especially with like, so we're going to talk about this banking FUD, the, this operation choke point. And we're only down this much. I'm like kind of really optimistic about this. And so very rarely in the Bankless Weekly Rollup will we give a forward looking market uh, take. But I saw this here and this is from uh, crypto trader Hornhairs. Three weeks of compression and higher lows on the ETH price chart. And so you can just see this triangle wedge forming. Uh, and he's and he is claiming that the resistance, the $1,700 resistance, which we talked about last week, is uh, perhaps fading away. And when that resistance finally gets chewed through, uh, we go up and to the right. Now, this is the ether price we're looking at, but this is probably also true for overall market indicators. Um, I think there are more bullish indicators in the market than there are bearish indicators in the market. And that is despite all of this banking FUD that we'll talk about so shortly. Did we just do TA on Bankless? We just did TA on Bankless. We have done this like twice before in all of Bankless Weekly Roll-Up history. And now we have done this a third time. Let me click away. I mean, you said we don't do um, price predictions, but we actually do. They're just like really long term. Yeah, right. They're like Like, the 10 plus year price predictions. ETH is going to 10K. It's absolutely going to 10K. Uh, how about ETH Bitcoin ratio? What's that looking like? Yeah, up a little bit on the week. We are up 2.3% on the week. We're at 0.072. David, look at these charts from Kraken that, that we're showing. Um, it's, uh, it's really good. Can I good. talk about I'm one of my favorite features here? Yeah. So the URL for this, uh, you know, pro.kraken.com slash app slash trade ETH 
hyphen BTC. You can actually just like delete BTC and type in USD if you want. You can type in trading pairs in the URL. So like, you know, I mean, you have it also pulled up in the fantastic modular UI UX that Kraken has. So you can, you can look at multiple charts at once. So you, they're tabs, they're tabs. And, but you can also drag and drop them and make them modular. So you can pull them out if you want to look. Yo, at them we got tabs and tabs right now. Tabs inside of tabs. But you can also intuitively change the URL like, I don't know if other people do this when they navigate crypto, but it's just like, if you want to type in any like, like ticker, you can do it straight through the URL to get what you want. I think it's great. Can I do the uh, sold BTC ratio? What's that looking like? Let's see. Let's see if they got it. Sold BTC. Boom. There it is. Straight from the URL. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Big screen. Love this stuff. Yeah. Um, Good job. Good job, Cochran. Look at that. Look at that. You're a trader now, geez, Ryan. Wow. Look at this. I, like I need Kraken is a, turning a trader a out of monitor. Ryan. Wow. <laughs> Never thought it possible. Maybe behind me. Live <laughs> updates all the time. So I can keep track of freaking prices. Apparently, I don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Clearly. Um, global <laughs> crypto market cap. Are we above a trillion, David? $1.1 trillion. That's all I need Slightly to know. down on the week. That's all I need to know. Okay, let's talk about some market stuff going on. Uh, one is ultrasound money just keeps getting more and more, more ultrasound. ultrasound. <laughs> ETH is at all-time lows in terms of deflation. Po post-merge all-time lows. Yes, post-merge all-time lows. Ever since the burn started, mm -hmm. no. No, ever since Techn the merge happened, yeah. this is I kind of consider low. all Ether supply metrics before the merge kind of irrelevant now because this is we are so close like we could, oh is that a good take david maybe there's yeah, only I think so maybe there's only two dates in crypto there's bm yeah. and there's am before merge and yeah. at least in ethereum if um, if you want to be an eth maxi about it you can say for all of crypto but I at least know. in ethereum i kind of like it i kind of like that. it yeah so like all ethereum monetary policy kind of resets at the merge and now like and now we are at all-time lows uh pm post-merge Okay, and that's uh, so. How much have we burnt? Fourteen thousand ETH. Fourteen thousand ETH since the merge. Uh, Twenty thousand ETH since since the top of the supply. Jeez. So oh. the the top of the supply when the ETH supply peak happened, and not too long after the merge, it was at a little over six thousand ether plus positive six thousand ether. We are now at negative four thousand four hundred ETH. When the burn starts, it just uh, keeps going, David. I think that's what your take is here. What mm -hmm. do you, what? Well, actually, let me read it. Uh, I'll try. I'll try in your voice. The 24-hour record for ETH burn was set on November 8th, the day FTX went insolvent. That's a fun fact. 3,600 ETH was burnt. Fire emoji. Today we burnt 1,800 ETH. 3,600 ETH was burnt during crypto's worst crisis ever, and now we're burning 1,800 ETH on a Wednesday. That is Wednesday. on a Wednesday, folks. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. a typical Wednesday for ETH, and we're burning 1,800 mm -hmm. ETH. Ethereum, yeah. Ether. The, 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 we're burning like an average over a 30 day period. We're burning like an average of like 12 to 1300 Ether per day. David, it's that must so mean awesome. a block space is in high demand. What are block we looking at here? Block space is in demand. That is an equivalent statement. Ether burn means block space demand. Uh, and this is uh, Hill Dobby, who's just got great uh, gas analytics. Uh, he's pointing to a couple events here. The Ethereum merge, the FTX bank run, and the floor of gas prices is up only. We haven't seen like uh, below 15 Gwei gas prices in months now. Uh, and this is, this is to me, Ryan, like gas prices could go down. They could go back down to where it was. They could, you know, level out. But a crescendoing floor of gas prices is what a bull market would start with. Isn't this, okay, do you remember like, 18 months ago when this was like the most bearish indicator ever mm -hmm. gas price on ETH was going up therefore bearish for Ethereum 
Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. You mean 2021 with the triggering of all yeah. layer one season? Yeah. yeah. This, uh-huh. this was like, I don't know, was it December of last of, of 2021 or uh, that, that was kind of the, the peak of this, I think was mm-hmm. a Suzu tweet where, um, he, he criticized Ethereum for sitting around watching <laughs> circle <laughs> jerking in, to the in burn. Circle. Yeah, Is that what are. we're doing? <laughs> We are currently doing this. Yes. Okay. Well, but, um, so are you happy about this? Are you sad about this? Or are you like, is this, I, high gas fees are bad for ETH, aren't they? Or are they good? I'm confused. Tell me, tell me what to think. I will take Suzu's point when he tweeted that and say that if all the Ethereum proponents who were talking about how awesome the burn was, were perhaps not being sensitive to how much Ethereum gas costs were costing people that weren't able to buy Ether at a cheaper price, of which it was cheaper not like four or five, six months prior. So I'll take that point because at that time, layer twos of round Ethereum were not nearly as mature or developed or as cheap as they are today. Today... Layer twos are in production with blossoming DeFi and NFT ecosystems. There's not much you can do on uh, an Ethereum layer one that you can't also do on Ethereum layer two. So now when we you know, circle jerk about the ETH burn, there is also a way for all users to experience sub 10 cent gas fees and do all of the crypto Ethereum things that they would like to do on any of the layer twos that they choose. So now I declare that it is once again appropriate for the ETH maxis to circle jerk about the burn. Okay. D- well, declare well th- th- thank you for telling, tell, telling me that, David. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> you have permission. Because <laughs> I needed that permission. <laughs> I, it, what, what basically saying is, look, the cost of living in Manhattan is going up once again, mm-hmm. but why don't you live in the suburbs? Um, yeah. that there's tons yeah. of uh, cheap housing and affordable things to do in crypto on the layer two ecosystem. David, this is uh, the daily median gas price. Is this another view of the same thing from mm-hmm. Hildabi? Uh, that's exactly right. Just gas. Gas has definitely hit a floor, a bottom in the September 2022 and has been up only since then. Do you know Looking what? Um, Ethereum block space ain't the only block space that's selling and yeah. going up. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin block space. space. The ordinal up effect. In what demand. is this? We love this. So this is Bitcoin block space going all the way back to January of 2022 uh, into February of 2023 where we are now. And you can see Bitcoin block space breaking all time uh, all time highs in terms of uh, how much actually how much size they are uh, and so the ordinals effect have cr- increased the total size of Bitcoin the average mean of Bitcoin block space uh, to highs that it has not yet seen before which means of course Ryan that more people are paying for Bitcoin block space it's and bullish. as we have been saying block space demand is bullish and so congrats. Bitcoin this is one of the strongest properties I've seen out of Bitcoin in a very long time. This is great. Space demand. What this is, this this uh, is a marker of sustainability mm-hmm. of the Bitcoin network. Yes. Of course, this is how it pays for defense yes. in the future and security in the future is through block space fees. So those blocks have to be worth something. Okay, we talked about what's happening, but why is it happening? Uh, so ordinals, which uh, there was a we did a show with Eric Wall and Casey Rotomore, who is the creator of ordinals. Eric Wall, I tap him in as my Bitcoin 
technical co-host. He's my Bitcoin, my quick Bitcoin. I tap him in when I need help explaining Bitcoin stuff. Uh, So him and I uh, talked to Casey, who is the guy who created Ordinals. uh, And this is what we're looking at, this chart, which is absolutely exponential as soon as Ordinals has come into the mainstream. Which is the NFT. Mm -hmm. It's the the thing that allows NFTs uh, on Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And it's actually pretty simple how how it works. Uh, Basically, uh, the Bitcoin UTXO model, unspent transaction output, um, is basically Ethereum has an account model, as in you have your Ethereum address and you put all of your tokens in there. Bitcoin has a UTXO model, which is that every single Bitcoin is actually like a unique denomination. Like uh, 13.7 Bitcoins is like a bill that's like 27.42 dollars, like a unique bill that's for Bitcoin. What Ordinals does is they turn, they make a bill out of one Satoshi, which is the smallest denomination, and then just append data to that. And that's what an NFT is on Bitcoin. Uh, and the minting of Bitcoin NFTs, ordinals on Bitcoin, is just going exponential. It has not slowed down. Uh, did you so- ask them, why didn't somebody think of this years ago? But they, needed, for- they needed both SegWit and Taproot. So it was specifically a Taproot thing. That's um, right. Uh, but, Which is relatively recent. But, but not- also at the same time, like Bitcoiner culture isn't really one to like enjoy a lot of non-BTC use cases mm-hmm. of Bitcoin. Yeah. And so like, this, this is, is why this is controversy. And like some, like uh, Luke Dash Jr. is a Bitcoin core dev, is like people have lied and tricked the code in order to make this happen, which I think is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Trick the code? You can't trick code. That's not how <laughs> it works. Uh, but anyways, uh, Ordinals, uh, brand new demand for Bitcoin block space. Really cool. All right, so bullish Bitcoin. But how bullish are you, David? If you want to be Kathy Wood bullish, mm-hmm. that is Kathy Wood of ARK Invest, her bull case right now is $1.48 million per Bitcoin. In, okay, that's in, 2020, in 2030. By 2030. By 2030, I should say. Yeah, it's not happening this year, according to Kathy. Uh, uh-huh. The bear case, you want to hear that most bearish possibility Kathy Wood thinks could happen for Bitcoin, 258K mm. per Bitcoin. Um, actually, I could see the bear case playing out. What do you think about these numbers, though, David? Um, I gave my takes. I think that bull case is extremely bullish. Um, while Bitcoin perhaps might be able to tick that amount, I do not think it will ever be able to sustain a $1 million price. And the reason, and the reasoning behind that is this math that is on the screen here. Bitcoin at $1.5 million in 2030 means that it's issuing $2.33 million every 10 minutes in block rewards. New Bitcoin being minted every 10 minutes is gonna be worth $2.33 million. When Bitcoin hit its 2021 peak, it was issuing $400,000 per block. And so Kathy Wood's bullish Bitcoin uh, prediction would imply that Bitcoin would be issuing $2.33 million every 10 minutes. And that is why Bitcoin can't sustain a $1 million price tag because no bull market could ever sustain $2 million of flows out of Bitcoin miners because they have to sell. Bitcoin miners have to sell. So that $2.33 million of issuance per block every 10 minutes comes out to $330 million a day of issuance for miners, which not all of it is sold immediately, but ultimately generally becomes sold. Like 90, 95% over time ultimately becomes sold. How will anyone, how will any asset be able to sustain itself under $300 million a day of net sell pressure. Uh, that is, I, I don't think Bitcoin can ever sustain a $1 million price tag because of this math. Well, um, eventually that block subsidy will drop to zero though. Um, yeah, but then so does the security the and that's a different issue. 
Yeah. I, I think uh, bankless listeners, hopefully you're seeing the way that bankless, David and I at least think about mm-hmm. these assets. It's mm-hmm. very much about flows. how much, yeah, it's about flows. Uh, it's about how much of block space, the product that block, uh, blockchains create, are you selling versus what is the cost of the sale through issuance um, and um, and through other, uh, other, other kind of transaction fees. So that is Bitcoin. Uh, mm-hmm. What about this other leg up, which we've seen, which is these AI tokens. Um, Here's a headline from Coindesk. The AI token search traffic spikes as crypto traders seek exposure. What in the world are AI tokens, David? And should I buy some? There are a certain class of tokens that are uh, at various levels of relevancy to the world of AI. Uh, Most of them are not very related to AI. Like some people, people are looking for it. How do I get exposure to AI? And so they're going and buying AI crypto tokens. The level of how much AI is actually integrated into these assets and actually meaningfully giving AI exposure to these assets is extremely suspect. Which brings me to my take. Which uh, uh, which is, are some of these tokens? So like um, Singularity Net. Syscoin, Fetch.ai, Deep GNY. Brain Chain is a 2017 ICO darling token, which I have not heard since then. I mean, we're looking at seven days of about 160% for yeah. Singularity uh, Net. Yeah. And so you're saying, like, it's basically there's a narrative which is chat GTP um, mm-hmm. is really cool. And mm-hmm. so, so is crypto. And now these like AI tokens are kind of taking that narrative. Are, are, are you saying it's basically a narrative trade? It's basically a meme trade because this is, this is a tweet that I put out and I didn't really expect this tweet to get over a thousand likes. I just put this out there, but uh, I guess it, it ticked and ticked the right nerve with certain people. I'll give you one too. Thank you. Uh, let's make something clear is what I say. There is no material integration between AI and crypto. You cannot put AI into a blockchain. You cannot make a token that has AI in it. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, AI, and so I make the claim that AI's, AI tokens are meme tokens. It is just a narrative trade. It's just a meme trade, not too dissimilar from Dogecoin. There so, are so ways, like N- Numeri is a token that legitimately does use real AI to achieve its end goals, but it's the end goal that you should want exposure to, not the fact that it just uses AI. So that makes sense. Are you saying it totally makes sense? Are you saying this is a dumb market? This is a meme trade. There is no such thing trade. as a it's a meme trade. You know, yeah. uh, Chat GPT from the crypto. blockchain. That yeah, there's no exist. Chat GPT on the blockchain. Okay, chat, not saying Chat, AI chat is GPT not cool. train though or chain would uh, I if at a certain valuation. We're going to see that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we're going to see that this cycle. <laughs> Uh, you know what is kind of cool, though, is mm-hmm. a bright spot in the market, too, is NFT-Fi. Mm-hmm. It's processing record number of loans. So are people lending and borrowing against their NFTs now? I know that was a an idea that we started talking about about two years ago, and now we're actually seeing it in the numbers. 18,000 ETH borrowed in January. That's a lot of ETH, David. That's a lot of ETH. $444 million in monthly volume in January from NFT lending. So this is using your NFTs as collateral to borrow. Uh, Ben Dow had volumes of $36 million. 4,400 loans were made in January, which is almost double the, the previous peak. Uh, so NFT lending coming into the the world, uh, the numbers are up bigly. I gotta say, David, despite the detractors, NFTs are still um, pretty strong mm-hmm. during this bear market, and we're seeing it in actual NFT fi the usage 
of NFTs. Um, it hasn't collapsed the way mm -hmm. some people thought it would. NFTs are doing pretty well. Well, there's a there's a huge amount of capital, quote unquote, that's like locked up. Okay, so like there's a big difference between something like the United States and the legal system that we have in the United States and like third world countries and the legal system there. A lot of people in third world countries or you know countries with inadequate legal systems can't use their house uh, as like a, as collateral, they can't get a mortgage on their house just because they don't have assurances. Like the legal system isn't set up. America does have that, and so people can use the value of their house to access capital. And this has been a huge boon of wealth for America. That's why one of the reasons why America is so great is because our legal system allows us to tap into capital. This is a, the same effect. I'm applying this to NFTs. Previous to now. And if the capital that's locked up in value of your NFT, your hundred your hundred ether CryptoPunk or your hundred ether uh, Bored Ape, you can't access that capital without selling it. With NFTFi, you can access that capital without selling it, and so there is a wealth effect that is generated for all of the NFT holders because they are able to use smart contracts to tap into the capital of their assets. And outside, importantly, this is outside the bounds of a nation state. So it doesn't yep. matter where you live. Yep. You know, another um, way to describe what, what you talked about is kind of legal assurances. Mm -hmm. Settlement assurances. Settlement assurances. It's effectively what legal assurances are. And Ethereum gives us stronger settlement assurances too. David, we got a lot more to cover. What's coming up next? Coming up next, did you have money in Gemini Earn? Because you might be getting your money back. Stay really? tuned. Yeah, Ryan, some good news. So Ryan, stay tuned. I'll tell you exactly how much you might be getting back. Okay. Uh, in bad news though, Operation Chokepoint promises to take crypto bankless, but in the bearish way, uh, perhaps <laughs> crypto's biggest regulatory threat ever. Uh, and the manhunt is on for Do Kwan. Meanwhile, Kyle Davies is ignoring the subpoena for the Three Arrows Capital lawsuit. Bag boys, bad boys on the scene. All of this stuff and more as soon as we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors that make this episode possible, especially Kraken, which is Bankless's strategic sponsor for 2023 and has helped Ryan enjoy charting a little bit more this year. <laughs> Thanks, Kraken. True, true story. Kraken has been a leader in the crypto industry for the last 12 years. Dedicated to accelerating the global adoption of crypto, Kraken puts an emphasis on security, transparency, and client support, which is why over 9 million clients have come to love Kraken's products. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, the Kraken Kraken UX is simple, intuitive, and frictionless, making the Kraken app a great place for all to get involved and learn about crypto. For those with experience, the redesigned Kraken Pro app and web experience is completely customizable to your trading needs, integrating key trading features into one seamless interface. Kraken has a 24-7, 365 client support team that is globally recognized. Kraken support is available wherever, whenever you need them, by phone, chat, or email. And for all of you NFTers out there, the brand new Kraken NFT beta platform gives you the best NFT trading experience possible. Rarity rankings, no gas fees, and the ability to buy an NFT straight with cash. Does your crypto exchange prioritize its customers the way that Kraken does? And if not, sign up with Kraken at kraken.com bankless. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, 
and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. David, is the Biden administration coming after crypto? What is Operation Chokepoint and what is happening? What's been the stir this week as we've learned more about what the administration's doing? Yeah, Operation Chokepoint is a historical, uh, something in history not to do with crypto that really just talks about uh, how uh, government institutions, government administrations can use the banking sector to debank industries that they find unappetizing. Uh, so Nick Carter is uh, tweeting out, I don't want to raise the alarm. I don't want to sound alarmed. But since the turn of the year, a new operation choke point type operation has been targeting the crypto space in the U.S. It is a well-coordinated effort to marginalize the industry and cut off its connectivity to the banking system. And it's working. The, uh, the original operation choke point was like an o Obama era thing, you know, oh, 20. Really? Yeah, 2012 and 2013, and it was like targeted oh, towards gambling. you know all the kind Online of the gambling. gambling. Yeah, yeah all mm -hmm. the all the um, uh, the poker yep. websites got Online kind poker. of shut down almost overnight, and then which it was is, expanded. Which is why later. they started to use Bitcoin. Right. That was a big big impetus of Bitcoin adoption. And then then it was expanded later into other you know nefarious uh, industries, you know the, mm -hmm. the marijuana industry and right. and others like it. So right. now what Nick Carter is saying is basically. There's going to be an Operation Choke Point 2.0. Indeed, it's already begun. Mm -hmm. And this time, in the target sites, is the crypto industry. And he's brought some evidence to the table, too. Right. So what what are some facts that he, uh, he mentions that are relevant to this uh, case? Yeah, so he wrote this fantastic blog post. Uh, and just I'll read some of the experts here, excerpts here to give, it, give the summary. See, he begins, what began is, as a trickle is now a flood. And by the way, all of these events have happened in the last two months or so. The U.S. government is using the banking sector to organize a sophisticated, widespread crackdown against the crypto industry, and the administration's efforts are no secret. They've expressed plainly in memos, regulatory guidance, and blog posts. However, the breadth of this plan, spanning virtually every financial regulator, as well as its highly coordinated nature, has even most of these steely-eyed crypto veterans nervous that the crypto businesses might end up completely unbanked. Stablecoins may be stranded and unable to manage flows in and out of crypto, and exchanges might be shut off from the banking system entirely. The Biden administration is now executing what appears to be a coordinated plan that spans multiple agencies to discourage banks from dealing with crypto firms. It applies both to traditional banks who would serve crypto clients and crypto first firms aiming to get bank charters. This effort includes the administration itself, influential members of Congress, the Fed, the FDIC, the OOC, and the DOJ. So there's intergovernmental agency coordination here. So then Nick goes on to list off some of the events that have shown this effort. On December 7th, Signature, which is an uh, active bank serving crypto clients, announces its intent to have deposits ascribed to crypto clients, which basically means they'll give customers their money back and shut down their accounts, drawing its crypto deposits down from $23 billion at the peak to just under $10 billion as it's exited stablecoin businesses. I've had this happen to me, by the way. They just send you a Dear John letter and say, say yeah, goodbye. we're cutting you a check. See you later. Yep. yep. No due process. 
On January 3rd, the Fed, the FDIC, and the OCC releases a joint statement on the risks to banks engaging with crypto, not explicitly banning banks' ability to hold crypto or deal with crypto clients, but strongly discouraging them from doing so on a safety and soundness basis. January 9th, Silvergate stock, which is probably crypto's biggest bank. uh, One of the only banks in the U.S. that would bank the exchanges and such. Yeah, the stock falls to a low of $11.55 on bank run and insolvency fears after having traded as high as $160 in March of 2022. January 27th, the Federal Reserve denies crypto bank custodia's two-year application to become a member of the Federal Reserve system, citing safety and soundness risks. Safety and soundness is a reoccurring theme here. Hmm. Uh, uh, 27th of January, again, the National Economic Council releases a policy statement not explicitly banning banks from serving crypto clients, but strongly discouraging banks from transacting with crypto assets directly or maintaining exposure to crypto depositors. February 2nd, Department of Justice Fraud Unit announces investigation into Silvergate over their relationship with FTX and Alameda. February 6th, Binance suspends USD bank transfers for all retail clients. January 27th, the Fed issues a policy statement which discourages banks from holding crypto assets or issuing stablecoins and broadens their authority to cover non-FDIC insured state chartered banks. On February 7th, That same statement I just talked about is entered into the Federal Register, turning the policy statement into a final rule with no congressional review or public notice or comment period. And lastly, uh, there's more. I'm just pulling out the big ones. As as February 8th, Protego and Paxos's applications to follow Anchorage and obtain full approval to become national trust banks are outstanding past the 18th month month deadline and appear likely to be imminently denied by the OCC. So hopefully this gives you just a flavor of how broad and coordinated and intentful this effort to debank the crypto industry has become. We can you can tell why it's called Operation Chokepoint is because right. the banking sector that the the state largely controls, the the US largely controls and the executive branch uh, can uh, apply pressure to is is choking off the crypto industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Nick says this too. In some banks taking deposits from crypto clients, issuing stable coins, engaging in crypto custody, or seeking to hold crypto as principal, have faced nothing short of an onslaught from regulators in recent week weeks. Time and again, using the expression safety and soundness. There it is again. They've made it clear that for a bank touching public blockchains in any way, it should be considered unacceptably risky. Do not touch an, a blockchain banking industry or we will come after you. That is the uh, the message that the executive branch is sending right now. Yeah, the whole strongly discouraging them is basically just like, uh, don't do that. And do we're you want to get investigated? Yeah, do, yeah, exactly. It's like a, not a threat that's also a threat. Uh, Jake Stravinsky, who is a lawyer that both Ryan and I trust very, very, very much. Great, great guy. Uh, he tweets out, this is accurate, talking about Nick's take. Uh, Without new legislation from Congress, federal agencies lack the authority to comprehensively regulate crypto markets, so their fallback position is to weaponize control over the banking system to mandate discrimination against crypto companies. This must stop. That's what it is. It's mandated uh, discrimination, isn't it, against Mm -hmm. crypto, against the industry. Uh, this is Senator Bill Haggerty, who tweets out, regulators, signal- regulators singling out business activities should alarm all Americans. It doesn't matter if it's crypto assets, firearms, or any other lawful business. 
using using banking regulators to advance political agendas should not be tolerated. Yes. Thank you, Senator Bill Haggerty. Appreciate the take. That's great. I'm glad you're a senator. Look, um, I think this is apolitical, right? If, yeah. it, if it wasn't the Biden administration, then maybe it would be the Trump administration. And uh, obviously, people in crypto, bankless, would come down just as hard on that industry. Yeah. This is about using the banking system to uh, undemocratically uh, control certain industries and to restrict us from the ability to freely transact with our money. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is a breach of American values, of our constitutionally uh, granted liberties and should not, cannot be tolerated. And it's seeping in. It's not a declared policy, but we can see the effects in the last few months. And I do think, David, look, SBF didn't do us any favors, did he? All of no. this kind of gave yep. those who maybe already wanted to come after crypto an excuse to come do it. Yes. No one can stand in our way now. Crypto is uh, you know, clearly a scam that we have mm -hmm. to, we, we have perfect cover in order to execute this operation choke point. point. All we have to do is say, SBF, the name right. FTX, uh, and we'll get whatever we want. That's what seems to be happening. Yeah, there's absolutely no coincidence that this started right after uh, FTX. And they, they, the powers that be were just asking for an excuse to, to do some of this stuff. Um, and also, it, this should hit really close to home because what we're doing in crypto is building systems that intentionally cannot do this. Like, this is what we are trying to prevent. Freedom to transact no political control over money and economics. So this this isn't just like, oh, they're coming for crypto. This is exactly what crypto is standing up to remove the powers of. And it was your take last week, Ryan, that I really, really liked. Separate government from money. Separate money from, uh, separate finance from political powers. Thanks for that, James Madison. Uh, I got to give credit to that guy. I think yeah, he had some guy. important things to say on the subject. Um, yeah, so also, uh, this is sort of related, sort of unrelated, but it seems like local Bitcoins is closing down. That's certainly a shame. Uh, local Bitcoins was a way for you to exchange Bitcoins mm -hmm. using the internet as kind of a facilitator, but actually meeting up in person mm -hmm. and doing the, uh, kind of a swap in person. It was, it was completely it's, decentralized. It's like Craigslist for Bitcoin. Peer to peer, right? Yeah. Um, in the analog way. So it's, uh, like, it's like trading cash for crypto and you would meet up and somebody would give you cash and hit you, they would swap for crypto. So you would have to like meet with this person. There are also like, you could have a, a third party um, uh, custody person if, if you wanted to have that as well. But like, I mean, you can kind of get why governments don't want this, but also it's cash and we should be able to trade cash. Because well, I don't we do. know if this was, this is not related. This is just local Bitcoins, I think had to close. It oh, a while ago, uh, a long time ago, uh, there was um, uh, government regulation specifically going after local Bitcoins over, over maybe t over two years ago. So the big local Bitcoins has been like in the crosshairs of regulation before. Well, it's regulators. not only local Bitcoins. It might be uh, institutions that provide staking in the US. This mm -hmm. just happened um, before we recorded this, the, the day before our recording from Brian Armstrong. We're hearing rumors that the SEC would like to get rid of crypto staking in the US for retail customers. I hope that's not the case, as I believe it would be a terrible path for the US if that was allowed to happen. Brian goes on talking about how it will drive uh, staking offshore, will not help the US uh, on its path towards becoming a more innovative uh, economy. It will set us back, all of these things. 
uh, again, the SEC is another branch of the executive, you know, so this would fit into the whole narrative of Operation Choke, Choke Point. Um, this is still a rumor, Brian Armstrong says, but the fact that he tweeted it means that he mm-hmm. wanted to make a statement. He wanted to get the news out there. David, can you imagine if Gary Gensler and the SEC came after staking in the U.S.? Retail staking. So that almost implies that if you're wealthy, you can stake. So it's basically like another discrimination, discrimination against the poor. Sorry, you know, you're pleb. You're too poor to stake, uh, but the rich institutions can. Um, It also remains to be seen if this would extend outside of kind of the institutional staking of a a Coinbase, for for example, or a centralized Mm -hmm. exchange. And would it extend to like a rocket pool, David? Would it extend to a Lido? Would it extend to a home validator that you're running. Can you imagine that? What a breach of uh, our liberties that would be you're if that happened to in make the United money States. At home. You must do it through an institution. Give me a break. Like, I, I I, don't even know. This is, again, it's rumor. And I feel like some of this is, um, obviously, Twitter is kind of optimized for maximum FUD. It's probably not as, as bad as it all sounds, but it's clear something is going on here. And uh, we need to brace ourselves. We need to be ready for it. Yeah. When Brian tweets out something like this, when he starts a tweet thread and the thread says, we're hearing rumors that the SEC would uh, like to get rid of crypto staking in the US, like Coinbase lawyers are connected. This isn't this isn't Brian just like, oh, I heard a rumor. This is Coinbase's lawyers who absolutely know something who's like, Brian, we need to use your messaging and and platform and, and, and Twitter account to broadcast this to the rest of the industry. This is so like we're hearing rumors. This is the, the rumors are substantial. I can almost guarantee you that. This is uh, definitely the U.S.'s loss, and people are saying, "Well, this is the end of crypto, and the U.S. can choke off crypto." It actually can't choke off crypto. Uh, it can choke off the U.S. The U.S. Right. can't kill crypto, but the U.S. Right. can kill the U.S. if it wants to. <laughs> the age-old line is: you cannot ban Bitcoin. You can only ban your citizens from accessing Bitcoin. Uh, there's a difference there. You are just doing a disservice to your own citizens. There's more from Gensler this week. Uh, I can't believe this headline. You want to read it out? Yeah. uh, So uh, you think it stops at staking, Ryan? Uh, Gensler states that NFTs are a gateway token. Uh, Appearing before the students of George Washington High School, SEC Chair Jerry Gensler called NFTs a gateway token during his speech about the dangers of crypto. The talk was a one-stop shop on a campaign called Just Say No to Crypto, Bro which gets her designed to warn younger generations about cryptocurrency. <laughs> you didn't give okay. me that time, David. No, I didn't get you that I time. I read this no. in the agenda ahead of time. So uh, th- what's this from? This is not true. This yeah. is not true. Even Although true. if you believed it, you would be remiss because other things that Gary Gensler have said has been like this. The uh, this is a rug. Token. So if I you believed it. that without noticing that this was a rug, congratulations, you got rugged. Uh, this is a product out of the bankless DAO. The rug is basically the onion of crypto. You can go to therug.mirror.xyz. Last week, we just started doing this. Last week rugged. was the second time we did it. Ryan got rugged and he's the one who Live. pulls up the links in the first place. I know. I'm Imagine that. <laughs> it makes it even better. Uh, and so uh, there is, is a bunch of other headlines. Check them out. They're really great. There's a link in the show notes. You can also collect this rug. This is a collectible rug. You can collect this rug. Remember, kids, just say no I thought this crypto. was great. I thought this, this was awesome. Great. Good yeah. one. Uh, Genesis versus DCG. David, am I going to get my money from Gemini Earn? How, how much? How soon? Give me the deets. 
uh, the is not completely locked in stone, but people have done some math. They've done some nap napkin math and come up with a number of about 80% under the current proposal. Genesis creditors expected to receive 80% recovery under the current proposal. Uh, this Decrypt article states that uh, there is a Genesis Global revealed their new restructuring plan between Genesis and Digital Currency Group, their, um, their conglomerate, uh, which enables creditors to get their money back. So where are all the funds coming from? How is DCG and Genesis coming up with the funds to make Genesis creditors whole? Well, first off, Genesis, of course, has some funds. They didn't go to zero. They have some funds to start with. Um, in addition to the funds that Genesis has, DCG is also selling Genesis Global Trading, and so they will generate some money for that. In addition to that, DCG is also exchanging its existing notes amounting to $1.1 billion for stock and refinancing $1 billion of loans, so it's getting money that way. And they are also moving to sell blocks of shares in the trust that they have. So they have a Litecoin trust, they have a Bitcoin Cash trust, they have an Ethereum Classic trust. I don't know why they have an Ethereum Classic trust. Uh, they also have a digital large fund cap, and so they hold their own assets in their trust. And so they are sell selling their trust funds on the open market at a large discount, by the way. Uh, and so people are buying these trust assets for very significant discounts of the net present value in the actual trust. Uh, and with all of this selling and an additional, Ryan, $100 million from Gemini to make its own earn customers whole again to pay for the fault of Genesis, all of that is coming up to about 80 cents on the dollar. So this is the napkin math that has been calculated. If you are um, a Genesis creditor, and that includes Gen Gemini earned customers, uh, you are perhaps going to get 80 cents on the dollar. Probably not soon, but maybe, uh, may hopefully this year. Do you know what? I Look, th this feels like a very adult thing to do. Mm -hmm. Everyone took risk. Everyone gets a little bit of a haircut. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, DCG, including customers. Including customers. Including customers. I, I, I used Gemini Earn. It was risky. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before I deposited, I knew I was getting into. I feel like I should get a haircut for this. Sure. Uh, not 100% haircut. Please, please, crypto yeah. gods. How, how do you feel about that 20% haircut? Um, fine. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say I deserved it. Um, but <laughs> I kind of like, it wasn't a bankless thing to do. The, the reason that I I've used some of these centralized exchanges is to, to kind of test them and compare them, uh, versus right. DeFi. Um, it's not a large amount of money for, for, for me. I think for some people, the lesson will be much more, uh, painful because they had a large portion of their funds inside of these accounts. They weren't using them in the yeah. way I was using them. And that does feel a little lopsided and unfair. But still, what happened was DCG is taking a big haircut, which they should. Gemini is acknowledging some culpability and uh, you know um, contributing to this. And uh, depositors uh, take a haircut. Much different than what's going to happen with Celsius and BlockFi. I don't know if you're <laughs> going to get anything from Celsius. Well, uh, no, because Alex Mishinsky totally rugged you. BlockFi, you might get something. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get anything close to 80% from either no, of those cases. Um, so it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that both the Winklevosses mm -hmm. and Barry Silbert could kind of come to terms on this and figure this out. There's a lot of back and forth publicly on Twitter before this happened, mm -hmm. but this seems to be a reasonably good outcome for depositors. So mm -hmm. uh, look, this was the last domino to fall, and it feels like now it's fully fallen. We dealt with 2022. Can we sim can we safely say that now, David? Well, now we have to deal with all the regulatory blowback, but okay. the crypto <laughs> side of things, I You're think, right. is coming to a close. Just I'll just say that um, the Winklevi twins and, and Gemini kind of get a lot of flack, but I mean, they don't have to put up $100 million, and, but they are anyways. And so uh, I just want to give them some quick props. Yeah.
uh, that's good. It was also probably a good business decision. Yeah, I mean, they probably, didn't come out of this probably. looking uh, looking clean, so that's yeah. maybe the uh, the cynical view of it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's good, good outcome. David, what do we got coming up next? Coming up next, Arbitrum enables devs to BYOL. What's BYOL, Ryan? Uh, is that does that stand for Bring Your Own Language, David? No, it doesn't. You just made that up and put that in the show notes. <laughs> okay. But that's is what's happening. <laughs> I wanted uh, to say it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, David. exactly. Yeah, Lido V two brings Lido's path towards decentralization. Uh, MakerDAO releases a financial performance report. We're talking about the A16Z governance cartel, uh, as well as a number of other really cool stuff. Uh, stay tuned for all of that very cool stuff and more. But first, a moment to talk some, uh, to some of these fantastic sponsors that makes the show possible. Uniswap is the largest on-chain marketplace for self-custody digital assets. Uniswap is, of course, a decentralized exchange, but you know this because you've been listening to Bankless. But did you know that the Uniswap web app has a shiny new fiat on-ramp? Now you can go directly from fiat in your bank to tokens in DeFi inside of Uniswap. Not only that, but Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism Layer 2s are supported right out of the gate. But that's just DeFi. Uniswap is also an NFT aggregator, letting you find more listings for the best prices across the NFT world. With Uniswap, you can sweep floors on multiple NFTs, and Uniswap's universal router will optimize your gas fees for you. Uniswap is making it as easy as possible to go from bank account to bankless assets across Ethereum. And we couldn't be more thankful for having them as a sponsor. So go to app.uniswap.org today to buy, sell, or swap tokens and NFTs. The Phantom Wallet is coming to Ethereum. The number one wallet on Solana is bringing its millions of users and beloved UX to Ethereum and Polygon. If you haven't used Phantom before, you've been missing out. Phantom was one of the first wallets to pioneer Solana staking inside the wallet and will be offering similar staking features for Ethereum and Polygon. But that's just staking. Phantom is also the best home for your NFTs. Phantom has a complete set of features to optimize your NFT experience. Pin your favorites, hide the uglies, remove the spam, and also manage your NFT sales listings from inside the wallet. Phantom is of course a multi-chain wallet, but it makes chain management easy, displaying your transactions in a human readable format with automatic warnings for malicious transactions or phishing websites. Phantom has already saved over 20,000 users from getting scammed or hacked. So get on the Phantom waitlist and be one of the first to access the multi-chain beta. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to phantom.app slash waitlist to get access in late February. B-Y-O-L, David. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Bring your own language. Uh, that's what Arbitrum is doing. At least that's what I interpreted. Can you talk about this big development upgrade? I know some of the folks from Prismatic Labs, now part of the Arbitrum uh, ecosystem, are very excited about it. But what's happening in Arbitrum world? So Arbitrum is announcing Stylus, which is what they are calling a next-gen programming environment upgrade for the Arbitrum chains, Arbitrum 1 and Arbitrum Nova. What is Stylus? Stylus uses WebAssembly to prove all kind of programming languages and run smart contracts on Arbitrum using languages like Rust, C, C++, Haskell, Python. The move programming languages from Aptos and Sui, well now using Stylus, you can use that on Arbitrum. So the idea here is both our Arbitrum and Optimism have gone after what we call EVM equivalents, but that is really optimizing for solidity. What Stylus is, is perhaps like a sidecar, these attachments, plugins, that uses WebAssembly, and WebAssembly lets you use any programming language, which is why Ryan has created this term, bring your own language, huh. which has never been stuttered before in the history of ever. <laughs> never. Uh, and so this is why Arbitrum is calling this EVM plus, as an EVM plus literally every other programming it's language. It's pretty awesome. Yep. This has never been done before. This is it, a... Very big deal. 
It all, this is a, yeah, if awesome. You, if you're not a de- developer and you don't know that that the Haskell and in Python and in C and everything that David mentioned, this is a really big deal. Like mm-hmm. Ethereum's been trying to do this for a long time. It compiles yes. all down to the EVM, but you can mm-hmm. bring your you can bring your own language. The third time I got that in, nice. Uh, so uh, it's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll be able to do it with like I've got a little bit of HTML experience and you know, oh, think from I can, your uh, MySpace days. <laughs> yeah, you think I can? Thanks. That's how old I am. Do, you uh, think that's I can, how, where do you think I learned HTML? It's from MySpace. On MySpace. Yeah, I remember we were talking about GeoCities one time though, and you're like, "What's GeoCities?" I don't know what GeoCities. Okay, are. the the OGs, the internet OGs listing. No, okay. no, what GeoCities was. Okay. Um, take my word for it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this so, is how you can date Ryan and date David. Like, this is, that, that's the line that yeah, is drawn. <laughs> yeah, I, I came into GeoCities. David got in during the MySpace days, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, well, here we are now. Um, there's more going on in the dev ecosystem that is good news, though, too. Tell me about Starkware. They're open sourcing their prover technology. That sounds like some geek speak. Please, uh, Bankless, explain it to me, David. So uh, ZK rollups, which is what Starkware is, uh, require provers. Uh, optimistic rollups require fraud proofs. Uh, ZK rollups require provers. And Starkware has announced their plan to open source their prover, which will allow individuals to review the code, detect bugs, transparency, all this stuff. This is a one of the critical steps for the decentralization of our layer twos. However, it's kind of the step that is the most esoteric. And if more people didn't know about the prover, that would be kind of okay because it's kind of niche, but it's still important nonetheless. Um, notably, they did not actually announce when they would do this. They said that they would uh, open source this at the time that they needed to decentralize Starknet. But uh, they still a good it. step. It's kind of an announcement of an announcement. They announced them. that they're committing to it, which I think we actually kind of assumed, anyways. David, this was really cool. Um, MakerDAO, they released a financial performance report mm-hmm. on the protocol. All right. And uh, this is all in IPFS. This oh, is so, so cool because cool. yeah. it reminds me of like, just like, you know how you look up a, a, a 10K or quarterly earnings report mm-hmm. for uh, your favorite stock? At least I used to do that back in the day. It's, it's my favorite activity. <laughs> is it really? This no, is the equivalent. No. <laughs> I mean, but like, it's so, it's so cool. Look at these key financial results for the Maker Protocol. This is all on-chain revenue. Mm-hmm. that they're able to kind of generate these reports from and then put it on IPFS. These are unstoppable organizations. That's what a DAO is. It's mm-hmm. an unstoppable, I'll put in air quotes, corporation on Ethereum. Doesn't have a jurisdiction. I could go on about this, but what do you think was cool about it? For the podcast listeners who aren't looking at the screen, uh, what we're looking at on screen is a financial statement report that looks exactly like what a boomer would love to see. <laughs> this is a this is speaking boomer talk, uh, tradfi talk. This is a financial statement report for the Maker Protocol, again hosted on IPFS, which is pretty damn cool, and it is organized with just like in the in the way that an Excel sheet and like year ending, year over year, all of these terms, net operating earnings, total operating expenses, total net revenues, blah 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 blah, all of these things that would make tradfi able to understand Jealous. what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By and the so way, when, wait, cool. bankless listeners, and for all the baby boomers listening right now, when David says the term boomer, sometimes he's using that as a term of endearment. And that was that At was least such half a case. the time, I'd say. Yeah. Da- David uh, calls me a boomer oh, when yeah. I do something because that's like that's because you're getting excited mature, about this. <laughs> or I talk about like taxes or I talk yes. about like things that adults boomer, need to boomer do. Things. Yeah. And uh, so I, I hope you took that as a compliment. That is yeah. uh, just, I'm doing some intergenerational translation here. Yeah. Maturity. For, uh, it's like people maturity. that require mature reports about <laughs> yes. what's going on in DeFi would like enjoy adult this. Adult things. Adult right? things. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
um, what do we Bo got? Yeah, Ace? A boomer things and adult things are, are mostly, not all, but mostly synonymous. Here we go. Uh, A16Z, they voted against a proposal to deploy the latest Uniswap iteration on the BNB chain, yeah. flexing their token governance power. A lot of people were upset about this. Uh, can you tell us about the controversy and, and some of the takes here? Yeah, so people are uh, gearing this up as a VC versus v VC governance war. So it's A16Z versus Jump Crypto. Uh, A16Z backs, and this has to do with a bridge that would uh, that connects um, uh, the governance, uh, the uni vote between uh, the wormhole B bridge. The wormhole bridge. So like wormhole is backed by Jump. Uh, A16Z backs Layer Zero. But there was a the there's a proposal to put. Um, Uniswap on BNB, and then mm -hmm. there was some controversy over what bridge that they would use. Is this yes. right? This is well. Okay. This is what people are assuming is being fought over. So ACCNZ wants Uniswap to use the Layer Zero bridge, which is their product that they invested in. Jump wants Uniswap to use the Wormhole bridge, which is what Jump invested in. And so now these VCs are fighting over this. Um, I don't actually. I don't think Jump Crypto voted with their tokens, but it was the uh, wormhole bridge that was used in this proposal, which A16Z used its governance power to veto. Uh, and so uh, the debate about this the, which bridge to use is partly about security because we all know the dangers of layer one, uh, cross layer one bridges. Um, A16Z used 15 million of their uni tokens to vote against the wormhole bridge for the Uniswap V3 deployment. Uh, so Do you this, have a take on this? Some people are outraged calling uh, this an A16Z cartel. What's your take? Yeah, so I'll give my take at the end. This is uh, Steven's tweet, uh, Do Doge Tosi from the block, uh, and a quote from the community that he's quoting says, if A16Z goes against the community vote and tries to tank it, I'd be shocked. That would be truly abhorrent. I don't think that they would go that far. And then he follows up uh, with, you know, narrator, they went that far, but, but that far because that's, that's what they did. Um, however, uh, there is Eddie Lazarin, who I believe is at uh, A16Z, who tweets out this, uh, seeing many false claims about A16Z's crypto's voting power in Uniswap Foundation governance. Let me clear it up. A16Z, we delegate 40 million votes to outside groups with no conditions on how they vote. We vote with 15 million tokens, less than half of what we've delegated to others. So A16Z has given their governance power of the majority of their tokens to others, and they say that they don't have any influence over their vote. And so the A16Z used 15 million of their uni tokens to vote on the proposal that they wanted, and that swayed the vote. And it, the thing is, it, they were the only ones that really voted for the no to reject Almost everyone else voted yes, uh, which is why this is controversial. But um, I mean, the vast majority of voters, just tokens didn't vote at all. We yes, should specify yes, that that's too. That's a very good point. Like, we're some, sub, like a minority of total voters. How do I feel like this is a, a VC cartel? Yeah, no, really. I'm kind of like mad about this whole thing. What do you, what's your take? My take is similar. I think it's kind of like it's it's token voting. Like it's we're token all vote. clear on this what, is what that this means, is. right? Yeah. The, the protocol states that those with the, the majority of tokens uh, win the vote. Like mm -hmm. It's literally what it says. Um, right. I, I think people need to realize that some of the decentralization and the token voting around these protocols um, is like actually not pure decentralization. I and mean, the most right. decentralized part of Uniswap is the code that runs Uniswap. Right. That's it. After that, you have varying degrees of decentralization or centralization. This token vote is very similar to the governance mechanism for publicly traded companies or for any uh, pool of capital that has kind of some sort of shareholder vote. So I've never exalted the idea of token vote in my mind and thought that this was somehow um, some panacea and somehow more decentralized. 
than uh, shareholder voting models. I've right. always thought that look, it's just the shareholding shareholder voting model that we've we ported into into crypto. We're not making that part of things any more decentralized. So I'm not am sure I if mad it's that decentralization that's really the issue here. It's it's that A16Z win against the community. The but everyone else. Th- they are, they are, they have like... Yeah, right, um, they are the community they too. They are the they, community. They, yeah, uh-huh, like that's that's the deal. And also, just to, to give the pro side of the A16Z argument, just another, one more line, is like, yo, like, let's not discount how cautious and conservative that we should be when it comes to which cross-chain layer one bridge that we should support. Uh, and if A16Z, who has the resources and manpower and technical capi- uh, capacities to vet the security of cross-chain bridges, feel that the wormhole bridge is insecure, which has already been hacked once, by the way, um, not to say that their bridge, Layer 0, can't be hacked, but if that's what their expert opinion is, they have the resources in the world, much more than the community, the the retail of the world, to actually vet that bridge. And so yeah. I think we should actually appreciate some of their abilities to do due diligence beyond well, I th- retail I think we should diligence. consider it for sure. And for, for those who are saying, oh, look at Ryan and David are now A16Z apologists. No, that's not what we're saying. VC apologists. Like... The ultimate remedy for this is the ability to go fork the Uniswap code and spin up your own Uniswap. Um, The decentralization of Uniswap is that A16Z, no matter how hard they ever tried, cannot shut down the code Mm -hmm. and turn the thing off or ban you from using Uniswap. That is the decentralization that that makes Uniswap um, actually bankless. And so governance layer aside, I think there are far more ways to preserve the decentralization of protocols that are built on crypto versus the real world. David, what's going on in the NFT world? I see a tweet here from Linkin Park. What are we looking at? Yeah, they have a new music video, Lost, which is getting a ton of attention and hype. Uh, the reason why it's relevant is that uh, the beloved artist People Pleaser, the, the artist that created the Uniswap V3 X times Y equals K uh, NFT movie, which created Pleaser DAO, which has already also done so much stuff. People Pleaser, the artist, uh, created the directed the music video for Lost for Linkin Park. Uh, I congrats. Uh, People Pleaser is a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, I think she's becoming probably one of the iconic NFT artists of this space. Uh, the fact that she's working with uh, Linkin Park, I think, is fantastic. You know what else she's done, Ryan? Um, before she came into the world of crypto, she no. did the um, cinematic uh, shorts for Diablo 4. No way. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Diablo Super cool, right? has some epic cinematics. It's oh, yeah. uh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, she she did she does killer work. So is there an NFT related to this at all? Is sorry, is this going to be an NFT? Uh, I actually can don't I buy know, this actually. Oh, this uh, is all I, about people pleaser. This, this is all about people pleaser. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I don't believe that there is an NFT, but the it's it's people pleaser and also her startup Shibuya, who's kind of like a uh, choose your own adventure type of a production studio. So their community does have tokens, NFTs, and using those tokens, you can choose the outcome of what this production company will make their story like. Uh, so Shibuya is also part of this uh, music video for Linkin Park. So just an overall success for uh, People Pleaser and Shibuya, the, a, a crypto DeFi NFT native team. So that's how it's related. David, so CoffeeZilla is somebody who exposes scammers. Mm-hmm. And is been doing a lot of scam exposing in the crypto, crypto space scam, yeah. lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tweet from CoffeeZilla just just earlier this week. We just tricked Dylan Danis into promoting a fake NFT project. We paid him a thousand dollars to post. He didn't disclose it was an ad and posted copy that literally spells out S K A M. That's not scam. How you spell scam. 
That's not how you spell scam. How do you spell scam, David? You spell it with a K. <laughs> S-C-A-M. That is scam. The word scam, so, David. So he's promoting, uh, he got, again, CoffeeZilla told Dylan Dan says, hey, we'll pay you $1,000 to promote this. It's our NFT project. It's called Sours Candies Are Moonbound. <laughs> S-C-A-M. Uh, and then Dylan just tweets this out. Check it. this out. Sours NFT candies are moonbound. Uh, hashtag not financial advice. And then soursnft.com. Uh, what this man did not do, Ryan, if you scroll down, is that he did not go to the website. So CoffeeZilla follows up and says the entire project is fake. And if you mint it, it takes you to the website devoted to all the scams that he has done in the past. He being Dylan Danis, the guy that's tweeting this out. Who is so the this website, guy? Who's Dylan Danis? Some, some MMA fighter, like uh, not okay. related, not relevant. All right. Um, Just to, so like an they made a They made culture. a website that is of all of these scams that Dylan Danis has promoted. And then they paid him to promote this token mint and the token mint website was actually this website that was about how all of Dale and Danish has promoted scams. So the guy didn't even check the link. Wow. And he did it for a thousand dollars, right? That's some poor thousand dollars. How much would you sell your uh, reputation integrity for David? At least $2,000. <laughs> Guy's well, lowballing himself. I mean, what do you think? What do you think of this kind of like honeypot activity by people like CoffeeZilla, like uh, baiting oh, the influencers and I think it's awesome. Do it more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, I, you know, I will content. say this is maybe a good time to shill our disclosures. Bankless.com slash disclosures. I actually think we do a pretty good job of this, David, which is... I think we have the best disclosures in the crypto industry. I don't if, know if anyone who has more uh, strict disclosures than we impose on ourselves. If you see somebody that's better, um, send them to us. Cause Let wanna, us know because we'll beat them. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll change it. <laughs> we will one up we'll your up the, we'll, anti, we'll up the ante. Uh, anyway, you can see... Um, the, all the sponsors for Bankless, uh, individual investments that we have, uh, investments of people on our team, uh, disclosures of Bankless LLC. Anyway, it's all there. And I, I think this is really important to mm -hmm. hold people who have influence in society to this type of a standard. And we don't have kind of the regulations or the, you know, the ad police. I, not necessarily. I don't necessarily want that either. But I do want disclosure to be a social norm across all of yeah. crypto. I think that's really important. Yeah, um, 100%. David. FTX. Tell us about the bad boys. So let's start with SBF and then get to Doquan. What's happening with SBF? Uh, this is just FTX debtors want their political donations back. So FTX debtors are sending confidential notes, apparently not that confidential because we heard about them, to the recipients of donations from FTX uh, as lawyers review $93 million in political contributions as part of the bankruptcy case. So they are sending out all of the political uh, figures or entities or whatever I love uh, to saying them, hey, that money that FTX donated to you, uh, you should give it back. Give it, give it back. Yeah, because um, it wasn't his. So, Politicians who received contributions linked to FTX should return the money by February 28th. Some political groups have already taken steps to return the money. The Democratic National Committee and Senate and House Campaign Committees have set aside a million dollars in cash and re to return to bankruptcy lawyers as well as others as there well. There is justice in the world, David. This is good news. Um, oh, and this is also, uh, if you don't do this, uh, that just means that FTX is going to go to court to claw back the funds. So this is like... 
volunteer to do this now or we take you to court to claw, claw it back. So this is like... Do this the easy way, the hard do this, way. Exactly. Kind of that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a rumor going on earlier this week, speaking of FTX, that uh, the Super Bowl was going to ban cryptocurrency TV commercials. Now, I don't think that's true. Yeah. That said, David, I don't expect to see many, if any, crypto commercials this year. And that was such a contrast. I remember last year right. at this time, this like exact half. roll up last year, we were excited about anticipating it was all a, we had crypt- an article about it right and ju- just after it and in fact i hate to say this now it sounds terrible but you got to give ftx credit at least they're whoever did their ads they actually had the best ad they from had last the best year one. i mean now, it's on brand for the scam to have the best one like they're I guess all marketing so. right they're all marketing i mean it was promotion. such a well done scam, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can't uh-huh. like SBF pulled pulled that part of it off. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but there's Coinbase. There was who else? There was um, Etoro. There's a whole bunch of them last year. None of that. This uh, Budweiser year. had uh, shout outs to crypto projects. They had the Nouns goggles, uh, which was uh, the most what would I call tasteful and just well researched way of putting crypto into your your. Uh, I don't think we're. It's a way that like wouldn't offend normies because they don't know what those goggles, the noggles were, the nouns goggles, but all the crypto people knew. This is for uh, those in the U.S. If you're watching the Super Bowl this weekend, if you notice a Super Bowl commercial about crypto, then tweet Bankless. I want to hear about them. If you Wait, see anything subtle, the Super Bowls this weekend, uh, isn't it? Uh, I. I look, know. I look. Neither of us know, when which is, is maybe tells you something. Uh, maybe it's another Bowl. fact check. It's sometime in February. Oh, it is. The, oh my God, it's the twelfth. Yeah, what day is that? Well, That's you got this your party weekend. Planned? I had no fucking. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Big sports fans I over here. No idea. But you do you oh, know but, where okay, Doquan? But the, but the rumor was it was that uh, crypto uh, ads are crypto ads in the Super Bowl are banned. Yeah. They're not banned. Um, two companies. They just uh, don't have any were, money. Yeah, all the all the money fell through. So two other companies were on the one yard line. They said, uh, quote from the article, before the collapse of FTX, and then that created the NFT, the NFL uh, motivated to look elsewhere for their ads. Uh, and so it's not banned. It's just like all the deals fell through. Can we find this guy though, Doquan? We talked about SBF. Uh, where's he? Uh, unknown, and that is what Korean officials are who are, they're looking for him. So Korean officials traveled to Serbia to the far reaches of Serbia last week to help seek uh, out Do Kwan, who is a fugitive. Uh, so a, a long time ago, an arrest warrant was issued. Is he still tweeting? Issued. Yeah, dude, he's still tweeting, man. They can't yeah. like somehow track an IP address and like figure out. I don't know, man. Are they trying? I don't know. How hard are they trying? Know. There's an international red notice out for his arrest, which means that like, yo, all governments who are anything, uh, if you find this guy, arrest him. Uh, so people are, are going as far as Serbia to find Doquan. Like there's only a matter of time. Like we're going to, we're going to get this guy. Doquan's going to jail. Yeah. Real small world. Hard to hide. Um, Kyle Davies is also hiding David. What's this headline? Yeah. So a few weeks ago we covered the Twitter subpoena because Kyle Davies was also still tweeting. And so since they couldn't find the man, they just tweeted out his subpoena because they knew that he was still tweeting. Uh, and so a quote from this article, a quote from uh, one of the attorneys says, he is without question aware of the subpoena having been tagged in 41 replies and 64 retweets. One of those was mine and has once again chosen to ignore his duties to three arrows capital says Russell Crumpler and Christopher He's Farmer been taking who are seeing the bankruptcy training firm. What uh, are we talking really? about? Yeah, cool. Kyle Davies was taking interviews like uh, at least a couple months ago. He th- remember he's raising 
to to, oh, to yeah. build a, an, an exchange. Dude, I mean, he's just doing this blatantly. It's like, hey, all of the charges that I'm probably guilty for, I'm not going to answer to. Meanwhile, I'm going to stay in Dubai and raise for my new and fund. Also, dude, do you want to invest he, in my startup? Me- did I did I share you, my DMs with him with you? He messaged me, dude. Kyle, I'm going to pull up my DMs right now on my phone. Hold on. Uh, Kyle Davies, when, when did he message me? Monday, January 30th. Hey, David, hope you're well. Sue and I are launching Open Exchange soon. It would be great to get your feedback if you're free this week. What does Kyle Davies expect from me, dude? I am not your friend. I hope you man. told him you were free. And that I would didn't love respond. to do a show. I oh. didn't respond. Well, it's not too late. Go ahead. You want me to do- <laughs> I'd be curious. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I just be like, okay. Kyle, so I was joking but- with a few friends. It's like, yeah, I'll do this, but I'm also bringing on five of my friends, and we're gonna roast you as as you talk. But uh, I don't think he'd be interested. Yeah, it's not probably not appealing to him right yeah. now. I think he wants to um, pitch yeah. his company. Meanwhile, this is going on. Consensus is fighting to get staking uh, tax free. Essentially, they are backing a lawsuit against the IRS over. St- taxing staked crypto. And here's the arguments. Basically, some uh, appellates are arguing the position that staking rewards should not be considered taxable income because there's no employer that's doling them out. It's a protocol. It's not employer. It's just code. They should instead be considered effectively self-generated or created property. And there actually is some precedent for this, David. It's similar to a farmer who grows crops, staking rewards are created by the protocol to incentivize participating in providing security for the protocol. So created property is not taxed until sale. Right now, the tax treatment of a staked income, most people assume, or of staked um, ether or any asset most people assume is just as income. So you receive it as income and it's taxable income the same way a, a salary might be in your job. Well, this argument that's happening in the court system right now is that uh, it, it should be treated more like growing crops. And when you grow more crops, those aren't that's not a tax event. Mm-hmm. It remains to be seen whether this holds up in court, but um, that would be incredible if it did. That would mean all of the staked, uh, all of the staked revenue that people receive is not actually taxable at the time I, they receive I it. I love those words. Yeah, those just when you sell. Words. Just when you sell. Yeah. We'll see. That, I'm, I'm rooting makes, for him. That makes too much sense. David, it's ship season. What are we shipping? Ship season. What do we got? Oh my God. So much. Lido V2, path towards decentralization. A new architecture for Lido that is supposed to be the architecture that allows for Lido to accept anyone to be a validator in the Lido system. It is a big step, is one of the biggest steps that Lido has needed to take for a long time to open up Lido to more permissionless validation. So anyone, not just a permission set of validators, can join the Lido DAO. This is also where technologies like DVT come into play. Uh, and this is also how Lido can become more modular and composable. Uh, so that is really cool. Congrats this, for this Lido. This makes that Lido is huge. A, a bit more like Rocket Pool, yeah? In that direction. So this is much more similar to StakeWise's design mm-hmm. philosophy, but overall the same ethos is applied here. Uh, and so cool. we like this. This is more decentralization from what has previously been by some hardliners in the community uh, fixes Lido's too centralized nature. Um, so there's that. Ave Go, G-H-O, is their stablecoin, is now on the Gorley testnet. So another decentralized stablecoin is coming to play to follow after makers die. Curve stablecoin is also coming soon. There's Elements Hyperdrive, 
Element is an interest rate uh, vehicle inside of inside of DeFi, totally permissionless. Uh, it has previously been plagued by having to pick pick a very specific term uh, and having to fragment liquidity across all their different pools. Hyperdrive is fitting into this theme that I've been noticing, Ryan, where a lot of these DeFi apps that have to segment liquidity and pick different terms, like Libra Finance compels into this camp. Um, they have found a way to put and pool all liquidity together and allow for any term length for any sort of market. And so much more, uh, just much a better, stronger evolution of what Element is trying to do. Congratulations to Element. Uh, there is Infinity Pools, which Dan Elitzer, who is, I got one of these gigabrains when it comes to just like crypto economic on the app layer protocols. Uh, so uh, Infinity Pools is out there. And Dan Elitzer says, this is by far one of the most interesting things I've seen built on top of Uni V3. Any asset, unlimited leverage, no oracles, no liquidations, no counterparty risk. Nailing the UX will be tricky, he says, but this design is, this design is a very cool breakthrough in what I thought was not possible in DeFi. I have not yet looked into infinity pools, but uh, I definitely want to because Dan says something like this, I, I pay attention. Mean Finance. Mean, mean Finance is a dollar cost averaging tool in DeFi. So dollar cost averaging without a bank uh, have, have introduced their meta aggregator. So you know all the DEXs, Ryan? Uh, Uniswap, SushiSwap, et cetera. Well, yeah. they have DEX aggregators, right? Like yeah. Matcha and One Inch. Yeah. Well, Mean Finance is a DEX aggregator aggregator so it's it's re recursing one more time uh if you want to connect to metamask and, and try this out yeah go so for i it. just connect my metamask wallet here mm -hmm. uh, let me do that connect and this will allow me to dollar cost average in to crypto positions so i could mean finance so that is the invest tab over there ah, on the left yes but you can also swap now with mean finances dex aggregator aggregator this is awesome and this is yeah. you know in our opinion the the most foolproof way to uh, build positions in crypto is to dollar cost, cost average yeah. over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I believe Mean Finance is on multiple networks, including Polygon, I think. It's yeah. fantastic. So rare. No, we're not done yet with the ship season. So rare. Uh, partners with the Premier League, which I think is a big deal. The football fans, check me on this. Premier, Premier League sounds pretty premier. Uh, so <laughs> from the article, football fans from around the world can now collect, buy, sell, and trade officially licensed digital cards featuring every player from across the Premier League's 20 clubs. I'm assuming this is like, well, the Premier League of football. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming this is a big deal for football. For, for I think fans. it is a big deal, David. <laughs> I definitely do. You know, the, I am the, striking out on my sports stuff. This, this is episode, the, though, uh, the tech behind this is um, Starkware, right? Stark uh, so yeah. it's uh, mm -hmm. ZK technology behind this, which is the mm -hmm. thing that you and I geek over about. Mm -hmm. um, the football, exactly right. the sports stuff is kind of lost on us. It's a means to an end. Uh, <laughs> bringing users. David, with all this shipping going on, uh, that means there's been a lot of building. And mm -hmm. to build... We need people in crypto. The Bankless Jobs Board is popping. Been a couple of weeks since we told you about it, but remember, bankless.pallet.com is where you can see some jobs. I'm going to shout some out. Uniswap Labs, they're looking for a senior Woo. software engineer of a protocols. Bankless, we need a social growth lead. That's not technical. And also at Bankless, which needs is Needs a producer. We want a growth marketer, senior backend, TypeScript engineer, and investment associates. A lot of things we're hiring for. Yeah, Consensus is hiring. God. Wants a director of engineering. Adidas? Are you kidding me? Adidas? Wait, we have Adidas on the Jobs Board? Yeah, global they, head Web three strategy and planning. Bullish. Oh so my bullish. god, I might. So bullish. I could do this. Uh, pre Poe, a senior Web three front end engineer. There's a whole bunch more. Go check it out. Bankless.pallet.com/jobs. 
David, what's coming up next? Coming up next, we got some questions from the nation. We're going to talk about ZK EVMs uh, as well as account abstraction, which has dominated my brain lately. And then we've got the takes of the week as well. So stay tuned for all of that and more. But first, a moment to talk about some of these beloved sponsors that help pay for all of the goddamn content and all the conferences that I go to at the Bankless Nation. Thank you. Hey, Bankless Nation. If you're listening to this, it's because you're on the free Bankless RSS feed. Did you know that there's an ad-free version of Bankless that comes with the Bankless Premium subscription? No ads, just straight to the content. But that's just one of many things that a premium subscription gets you. There's also the Token Report, a monthly bullish, bearish, neutral report on the hottest tokens of the month. And the regular updates from the Token Report go into the Token Bible, your first stop shop for every token worth investigating in crypto. Bankless Premium also gets you a 30 discount to the permissionless conference, which means it basically just pays for itself. There's also the airdrop guide to make sure you don't miss a drop in 2023. But really, the best part about Bankless Premium is hanging out with me, Ryan, and the rest of the Bankless team in the Inner Circle Discord only for premium members. Want the alpha? Check out Ben the Analyst's DGen Pit, where you can ask him questions about the token report. Got a question? I've got my own Q&A room for any questions that you might have. At Bankless, we have huge things planned for 2023, including a new website with login with your Ethereum address capabilities, and we're super excited to ship what we are calling Bankless 2.0 soon TM. So if you want extra help exploring the frontier, subscribe to Bankless Premium. It's under 50 cents a day and provides a wealth of knowledge and support on your journey west. I'll see you in the Discord. How many total airdrops have you gotten? This last bull market had a ton of them. Did you get them all? Maybe you missed one. So here's what you should do. Go to Earnify and plug in your Ethereum wallet and Earnify will tell you if you have any unclaimed airdrops that you can get. And it also does POAPs and mintable NFTs. Any kind of money that your wallet can claim, Earnify will tell you about it. And you should probably do it now because some airdrops expire. And if you sign up for Earnify, they'll email you anytime one of your wallets has a new airdrop for it to make sure that you never lose an airdrop ever again. You can also upgrade to Earnify Premium to unlock access to airdrops that are beyond the basics and are able to set reminders for more wallets. And for just under $21 a month, it probably pays for itself with just one airdrop. So plug in your wallets at Earnify and see what you get. That's E-A-R-N-I dot F-I. And make sure you never lose another airdrop. Guys, we're back. Questions from the nation. Here's one from Faro.eth in the Bankless Citizen Discord. As ZK EVMs rapidly grow to new ecosystems on top of Ethereum, could you outline the major selling points for most prominent projects like StarkNet and ZK Sync? He said, as David, you've recently been to Israel for StarkNet. So tell us about the major selling points yeah. of StarkNet of ZK Sync, maybe even of Scroll, if you're feeling extra ambitious. Yeah, so it's really just there's a few areas, a few frontiers of innovation that is specifically being hosted by the ZK uh, rollups, specifically. Why ZK rollups? Because all the optimistic rollups out there, uh, Optimism, Arbitrum, are trying to be EVM equivalent, EVM Ethereum equivalent, which means there are certain things that are not enabled. Ethereum does not have this thing called account abstraction enabled, which prevents all of our uh, optimistic rollups to have what we call smart contract wallets, which are something I'm going to explain in the next question. But the frontier of account abstraction and smart contract wallets are absolutely happening on ZK rollups. Uh, and so uh, we'll talk about smart contract wallets in a second, but eventually everyone's going to have a smart contract wallet and that is starting on the ZK rollups. Um, Argent, uh, bankless listeners might be familiar with, also Bravos as well. There's some other smart contract wallets that are, that are out there. That's a big one. Massive, massive field of innovation and opportunity there. There's also the world of on-chain gaming. 
we all know the, the term Web3 gaming, and this is generally known as like gaming, but with assets. That's different and much smaller, in my mind, of an opportunity than on-chain gaming, which is where all of the logic goes on-chain. Uh, why? Why not? Uh, you can put more composable components of your game on-chain and allow that like metaverse, if you will, to be organically built. Uh, and so this is a, a very limited example, but say like your chess moves go on-chain, like knight to, knight to f3, great move. <laughs> um, and that can be composed upon for whatever goddamn reason that you can think of. Uh, and so just use your imaginations. You, your like, physical location in Minecraft is stored on-chain, and that can trigger if this, then that statements. And so more stuff on-chain produces games that we can't even think about. And it's the ZK roll-up technology that the insane levels of compression that ZK roll-ups have enables stuff like this to happen. So, so you get more compression versus optimistic roll-ups. So that's mm -hmm. what separates ZK, ZK versus um, optimistic rollups now we have zk evms but the difference between like starkware versus um, something like scroll my my high level you know take on it is we have like four main zk evm types of ecosystems one is uh, the starkware ecosystem another is uh, zk evm from matter labs another is uh, what polygon is doing with mm -hmm. you know hermes that they acquired and the fourth is scroll. Now, I think on the far side of the spectrum, the most EVM equivalent, I probably put scroll. Correct. And the least EVM equivalent, that is mirrors the Ethereum mainnet uh, virtual machine environment. You could just port code from here to here. Is probably um, Starknet. They use it's even the a different like it, yes. language. They use um, Cairo, Car yeah. Cairo rather than Solidity. And and then zk uh, sync and. Um, uh, Polygon, Polygon somewhere in between. ZK, yeah. yeah, it's somewhere in between. That's sort of how I think about them. But it's mm -hmm. like, you know, from a high level, if you're just sort of a user, uh, you don't see a lot of the trade-offs here. It's, right. I think a lot of the trade-offs are going to um, come from actually developers yeah. and the builders. Right. And it will remain to be seen which of these ZK, ZK EVMs um, really hit product market fit and really nail it and what communities they attract. And it's still super early to call any winners or to even understand yeah. which of these ZK EVMs, what niches they're going to uh, exist in and dominate in. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think they're all going to find product market fit in their own particular ways. Um, each one like optimism and Arbitrum are differentiating and what's being built on top of them. And, uh, I think they're all, they're all viable and they're just optimizing for uh, different things. And along with their be relevant BD teams at this stage, use them all, use try them, them out and see yeah, what you great. like. Yeah. Uh, um, here's another question from sure. Killjoy from the bankless member discord as well. Hey guys, I've heard you mention account abstraction. There you go, David, teeing yep. you up there we go. a lot. But I'm wondering if you can explain it in more detail. I'm not sure how to grasp what it unlocks in Ethereum that can't already be done with tools like Gnosis Safe. Gnosis Safe, of course, is a multi-sig wallet, fantastic wallet. We use it at Bankless mm -hmm. all of the time. Everyone uses this. What's different? Why is account abstraction better? You mentioned smart contract wallets. Is that part of the, the puzzle here? Yeah, so you, you said Gnosis Safe is a multi-sig wallet. Uh, technically, it's actually a smart contract wallet, and what that smart contract does, Ryan, is enable multi-sigs. Uh, so it's like a semantics, but important. It is a smart contract wallet, and that smart contract is meant to be a multi-sig wallet. Account abstraction is this term that is its a, one of these terrible words that we come up with in crypto and doesn't really help anyone understand it, but account abstraction enables 
smart contract wallets on the Ethereum layer one more natively. Uh, NosisSafe has kind of had to, to brute force it in a way. Uh, and so what is a smart contract wallet? What is account abstraction? Like I said, account abstraction enables smart contract wallets uh, to exist. And it is perhaps like an EIP or technical standard that needs to be embedded in the actual protocol of a blockchain in order for native smart contract wallets to exist. So uh, like I said earlier, externally owned accounts, which are uh, like public addresses, public accounts, public wallets that are externally owned, externally being like a private key, which is external to the Ethereum protocol. Again, another terrible phrase, another terrible word that this crypto came up with. But to apply a metaphor here to get you to understand what the hell I'm talking about. If Bitcoin is to externally owned accounts, Ethereum is to smart contract wallets. Currently, an externally owned account is a dumb input output only, very primitive wallet. You what you and, do? And let's just be clear: when you, whenever you're saying externally owned account, that is probably the ETH address that you have today. Probably. That's do you, do you use a MetaMask? Do you use a Ledger? Do you use a Trezor? Do you use Coinbase wallet? Do you have a private key? Do, do you, you have, have a private phrase? Yes. These types of things. Mm -hmm. That means by these are all externally owned accounts, right? Correct. And that's what you're yes. saying. Yes. Okay. And so Ethereum is smart contract wallets. Bitcoin is like externally owned accounts. So that's why this is kind of so hard to explain because a smart contract wallet is like a smart contract. It's a Turing complete wallet where your ledger or MetaMask is just, it just signs messages. Your a smart contract wallet can do anything. Uh, and so you can input any bit of code that you want. You can input rules, you can make it expressive. And so the UX upgrades that smart contract wallets will bring to crypto are going to eliminate so much of what makes crypto wallets difficult and unintuitive. And account abstraction unlocks the ability to have smart contract wallets like enshrined into the protocol rather than having to be built on, on top do, of it. Do you know how I would explain account abstraction in just like the dumbest possible way is like you guys know how hard it is to use crypto wallets mm -hmm. even good ones like like metamask for instance or, or ledger it's, it's still really hard to use them account abstraction will make a crypto wallet like venmo as smooth as a venmo or maybe if you're in europe you know, like a revolut like the fintech uh fintech apps where you just log in you get your face id you unlock it you can set limits you can transfer out. You're not paying outrageously high gas fees and hitting, clicking sign transaction, sign transaction. Oh my God, did I just send to the wrong account? Right. It will smooth all of that yes. out yes. and make crypto wallets look like fintech. That is yes. the bottom line. And we can't unlock account abstraction on Ethereum mainnet today, right? That We need that an EIP, yes. needs to be implemented first. But we can start uh, in the layer two environment. Correct. And that's what you're saying is, is uh, ZK... Uh, Rollups are really doubling down, tripling down on account abstraction wallet. If you've ever used Argent, for instance, mm -hmm. on um, where's that deployed? Is that uh, ZK Sync right so, now? So Argent has two. They have Argent, which is the Ethereum mainnet smart contract wallet, which as soon as Ethereum left its one GUI gas fee paradigm it like was in 2019, just it just broke so bad yeah. because we don't have account abstraction on the layer one. So while they've Too been expensive. maintaining their Argent wallet at the layer one, they've really been focusing on what they're calling Argent X, which is their ZK uh, ZK rollup uh, smart contract wallet, which is dominated by on the Starknet, uh, Starknet layer two. Yeah, and uh, that that's going to be more what the experience you you know will be for the everyday users. This is how we mainstream crypto. Right. The, uh, I, I don't have this tweet in here, but I tweeted tweeted this out like you are not using your imagination big enough to understand how big of a deal smart contract wallets are. It is a zero to one moment in wallets. Ethereum 
was like, okay, let's put software into our tokens, software into our money. That's what an ERC-20 token is, like asset plus software. That's what smart contracts are. That makes it so cool. That's why we love it. We have not yet had that zero to one moment for our wallets. Our wallets are still like just simple Bitcoin input outputs. They we, are, we are not having the Bitcoin to Ethereum moment about our wallets yet in mm -hmm. the Ethereum world. Yep, that's right. A huge improvements coming yeah. and getting closer. David, some takes of the week. I'll takes read yours. All blockchains are illegitimate in their early days. They have unknown founder alignment, poor token distribution, highest risk of bugs and exploits, unknown economic sustainability. Legitimacy is only gained by proof and time. David, you saying a new chain has to earn it? New chain has way? to earn it. Yeah. And okay. actually I have a follow on tweet if you want to keep on going. I'll go. This is why incumbent blockchain communities haze the newer ones. Don't trust them until they prove they're here for the long term. Bitcoiners haze the Ethereans. Ethereans haze the uh, Solanians. <laughs> Did I say that right? So on and so forth. It's not maximalist behavior. It's a healthy immune response. How do you feel about that take? Some people said that that was a pretty spicy take. Um, I completely agree. I 100% agree with it. Mm -hmm. This is uh, called the social layer is an immune system. Mm -hmm. If... Your social layer of your chain doesn't have an immune system. What happens? Imagine if your body didn't have an immune system, David. You had no white blood cells. You get eaten alive. Yeah. You get eaten alive by viruses, by, by malignant cells, by cancers. And those, all of those um, types try to enter the, the social layer in crypto, um, like scammers and, and grip, grifters. So you have to have some resistance against mm -hmm. them. That said, David, I think like protocols like Bitcoin, projects like Bitcoin can develop a an unhealthy immune system, call it oh, an yeah. immune system disorder right. where the white yeah. blood cells just attack everything. Autoimmunity, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's that's a big problem, an autoimmune disorder. Um, mm -hmm. Is that what you meant here? Uh, I wasn't talking about the autoimmunity, but yes, the natural, like all blockchains are illegitimate on day one and they slowly become legitimate over time. And I'll kind of give like a, if you are a single cycle blockchain, you have not yet earned your stripes. You only earn your stripes by coming out of the inevitable bear market that you're gonna go through and proving to the crypto world that you are able to make it through a bear market. Because if you David, haven't made it through a bear market, you're not legitimate in my mind. David, you know, I, I apply this to people now too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good take. Like good I, take. I just, I, I don't, does this sound bad? Like I don't trust people who haven't been through a cycle in crypto. Who, right. who didn't make it through one single cycle in crypto in the last cycle? Three Hours Capital got, got made all their money starting in 2019 and 2020 and then reaped, reaped it all, like just harvested so much in 2021 yep. and then came crashing down in 2022. FTX yep. was not here last cycle, came crashing down in 2022. Terra Luna, a single cycle blockchain, did not... It crashed in April of 2022. It didn't even make it halfway. Don't trust the single cyclers. Single cyclers. Uh, and not to are, say that, like, if you're a single cycler, you're hearing that and you're like, well, they're elitist. They like, right. no, you can, you can become, you, yes. you have to stay here for a while. You have to it, prove it, your stripes. Proof in time. Legitimacy is only gained by proof in time. That's what you said here. Mm -hmm. I apply that to people too. I apply that to projects. I apply it to exchanges. That's why we like working with Kraken. That's why we like other exchanges like Coinbase. How many cycles has Kraken been through? A long Literally time. Literally all of them. Every <laughs> yeah. single cycle. They haven't gotten insolvent yet. Yeah. I mean, that's like Lindy effect there. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, so I, I agree with that take, David. And just I'd apply it to people too. 
All right. Uh, I guess we're just reading our own tweets. Speaking out of people, take, yeah, this, of this section has become read our own tweets. Um, well, why don't you read it? So it's not that. <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy, Ryan Sean Adams, tweets out, not everyone's opinion on crypto is valuable. A lot of smart people in other areas have absolutely no idea what they're talking about when it comes to crypto. Don't listen to them. Man, are we doing elitist takes this week or what? D- David, I got fooled by this in my early days. I thought like if you're an expert in something, then you must like know what you're talking about with crypto. It took me a while, honestly, in my crypto journey to like start trusting my own instincts and my yeah. own opinions. Yeah. But I've I've definitely come to that place. And I, I hope I don't overcorrect and be like, I know freaking everything. Right. Yeah, and sure. like there's there's obviously that yeah. failure mode. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I was looking at this uh, last week right after the last roll up. Uh, Charlie Munger, notable mm. investor. I've admired this guy, his investment takes. He's like a Warren Buffett type. Wrote an opinion commentary, why America should ban crypto. It isn't currency. It's a gambling contract with near with a nearly 100% edge for the house. He goes on, Charlie talks about um, the government of China, the communist government of China actually doing the right thing in banning cryptocurrencies because they wisely concluded that they would provide more harm than benefit. Uh, he thinks the Chinese communist leaders had splendid common sense. He says, obviously, the U.S. should uh, now enact new federal laws that prevents crypto from... He's calling for a ban on crypto. And um, do you know what, David? This guy's opinion doesn't matter at all. Just because he's an expert in other domains, maybe in stocks, maybe that sort of investing that, that he knows about... Um, he knows nothing about what we're trying to do here and about the like the crypto movement or about these assets. He absolutely knows absolutely nothing about it. And so if you're hearing his opinion, you're going like, well, what does Charlie Munger think? Or some notable economist with a Nobel Prize. Warren right? Buffett, it's like Bitcoin is is a trash. Have trash. they used yeah. Uniswap? Right. Have they um looked into the fundamentals behind DeFi protocols? Do they understand why Ethereum is worth greater than $0? Do they understand why Bitcoin is worth greater than $0? If they don't, if they can't answer those questions, don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. That's the Have they been through a crypto cycle? No, they haven't even started. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, the, my, my first um, introduction to this was John, John Pfeffer. Um, you know John Pfeffer, right? I remember John Pfeffer. Yeah, yeah. He wrote this uh, paper about how Ethereum uh, Ether uh, is the the velocity of Ether is too high to be treated as a currency because it's all gas. And so we never accrue value. Never would accrue value. And when I read that, I took that personally, <laughs> and that is one one of the main motivations when I was reading that paper to develop the triple point asset thesis, which is a, a, one of the earliest Bankless's thesis about how Ether. No, is it not just this uh, velocity gas coin? It is actually the world's greatest monetary asset that humans have ever produced. Uh, and so, Same here. But if I you remember reading are, that paper. Yeah. He was very persuasive, wasn't he? Oh, I, no. I thought I didn't believe it at all. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense to me. But also, I was like, but he's a seasoned investor. But yes, yes. And listen to these arguments. Listen right. to and the, so, like, the white paper and the, the language surrounding it and the expertise and the credentialism flowing out of it dude this is where i personally got over like imposter syndrome where i was like this doesn't make any sense i'm gonna write a thesis that counter argues this and i'm just a no one but i have differing ideas and i think i'm right and then i I think i have been proven right yeah well guess the only reason you've actually earned some legitimacy david is uh 
proof and time <laughs> because legitimacy is only gained by proof and time. Oh, thank you, sir. So it takes some time. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know the the Planck principle? What's the Planck principle? It's pretty. It's really savage. Um, it, it's paraphrased as uh, a society progresses one funeral at a time. Well, this is this is very very much true of like science, isn't this? What people say about science, right? Yeah. Um, scientists yeah, yeah. clinging to like old ideas, and the new generation yeah. has to totally disrupt it. Yeah, like Munger, Buffett, all of these like very old, older than Boomer like era people are like crypto is bad. I'm like, well, yeah, you also missed the tech boom, uh, Warren Buffett. So I'm not listening yeah. to you. Yeah, well, uh, someday we will be there, David, and when that day comes, no longer listen to us. There I will suppose. be some some younger generations oh, no, talking I, about how dumb I, we are. I'm hoping. I'm trying to preserve this open mindedness as I get uh, older. Yeah, Maybe hopefully. preserve some of that wisdom, Crypto David. What 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 makes you bullish this week? Well, we went through all of uh, what was going on in ship season, uh, and I had this take last week. Markets are being resistant to bad news. And even though we are down uh, on the week, we are down to 1620 Ether price and $22,000 Bitcoin price. Like we're still up pretty damn good on the year. Like we started the year at like 11 or $1,200 Ether. And we had this bad, bad uh, choke point news, which does threaten very much how this crypto world works. We've only dumped a little bit, we dumped two and a half percent since that news came out. So I'm calling that still resistant to bad news. And I think, Ryan, if crypto prices and tokens bounce back from this uh, and it go back into that the, the TA that I was talking about at the very beginning, which we don't usually do, and we go back up to like the high 1600s, maybe 1700s, that is the market shrugging off bad news and being very perceptive to bullish news. So that makes me bullish. Uh, as If we can shrug this off, that's so awesome. And 2023 shipping so far has been like, an order of magnitude greater than what we saw in 2019. And so like just what is being built right now, the fundamentals that DeFi protocols are going through is so bullish, man. Like this is, this is what 2019 felt like. It's like you are watching the fundamentals grow at an accelerating pace around you. Meanwhile, just like everyone else that's not in crypto is not paying attention anymore. That's what I'm bullish on. I agree. Uh, you know, I would say I probably got nothing to add to that because like, nice. um, that was my. Uh, that was also my take. It's yeah, ship I, season. I, I have the ability to to rug your takes. I, I know because because you go first. And um, yeah. but yeah, it's we're in this bear market, but it's hard not to get bullish when you see the yeah. ship season. When you see all yeah. the shipping, and you're right, this does smell like 2019, except 10x all 10X, the building that was going on in yeah. 2019. This is just so much bigger, right? The Arbitrum multi language support. So you compile the EVM. This is so big for developers. The uh, optimist. Sorry, we didn't say this earlier, but when Arbitrum develops Stylus, like their EVM equivalent, that extends to the rest of Ethereum. I know. Like it's other so people big. can take this and run with it. It's well, not just Arbitrum. Uh, optimistic, uh, like the OP stack with Bedrock, that's coming oh too. That's going to launch so bullish, uh, 100 dude. different so chains. Bullish. Um, like all of this stuff is happening now for, for builders. And um, we've got ZK EVMs right around the corner. <gasps> the apps dude, are shipping the hard. Set, while the Starker session was so bullish. Everything's so <laughs> bullish. I mean, the building, right? And the it's, building not, it's not reflecting in price right now, but it is a little bit. So I, I don't know about your earlier take. Like, I don't know if I read the TA, right? It could go up. Mm. It could go down. Yeah, I know you don't Who like knows? TA. But Most it's all... It's all, it's all, it's build season, man. And uh, it's just, it's huge. It's, we've yeah. come so far. Feels great. That's it. All I right, remember, meme of the week. Uh, before, before meme of the week, uh, I remember uh, Luke, the editor who's editing this right now, gave us uh, when it, it was like 
officially the bear market, like this was after like th uh, three rows capital collapsed. Luke was like, you and Ryan are like giddy about the bear market. You guys are so excited. And it's because of moments of the shipping that has happened in the last, like in, since 2023 started, it's because stuff like this happens, like progress happens. And the signal about progress is so clear because the yeah. noise is all gone. Yeah. Uh, I and feel so like, we, like this is we what we to, were looking forward to. We don't have to wave our hands around and be like, stop, ignore this. Like, look at this. Right. It's, right. Very, it's very, it's just very clear, uh, clear. Now mm. I think we'll go months into this and we'll be like, oh, I'm hungry for a bull market can, but can the tokens move that's please? partially why tokens are moving though i know that's why it's just like this is happening so quickly i don't feel like yeah. we've uh, embraced enough pain yet but uh anyway we'll see meme of the week david what are we looking at here meme of the week we actually got two memes of the week uh so this is some guy who's uh doing his one phone call out of jail and somebody in the background saying hey man what what are you in for uh, and the guy who's giving the phone call says uh, i staked eth with rocket pole and now i have life sentences with no parole <laughs> Oh my God. It's uh, funny, but it's also scary. I know. Uh, second meme. Uh, this was Ryan's meme. Nice job, Ryan. Uh, this is uh, Bitcoiners when they discover NFTs. Uh, and what we are looking at is what looks like a retirement home. And I think, that, I'm pretty sure this is physical therapy. This is like physical therapy. Gamified for, for, physical yeah, therapy. Yeah, gamified physical therapy. So they're playing all these fun games, uh, but they're just like, you know, just <laughs> puttering along. Do you know what? It's uh, honestly, I've never seen some elements of the Bitcoin community so happy with the NFTs. Like yeah. other elements they are love seething it. in rage. Everyone like, loves NFTs, dude. They do. They do. That's why this video reminded me of uh, the good parts of the Bitcoin community. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the show today. Thanks that's for hanging show. with that's us. Extra long one, but I hope you enjoyed it. A lot of news to download during ship season. Risks and disclaimers. Gotta let you know, crypto is risky. So is DeFi. So is Ethereum. So is Bitcoin. All this stuff is. You definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west this is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.